Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hello, Single to Sealed family. We are so excited to be back for another episode with you all. And today we have an amazing guest and also dear friend of ours. Welcome to the podcast, Sean. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. We're so excited to have you. And we're so excited to share the message that you have for our listeners today. We think it's really going to touch all of them and and help open their eyes to, you know, their calling in life. And we are so excited to share a little bit more about you. Uh, Just to give a little bit of background to how we met Sean, when Jerry was going to school in New York, we were roommates with Sean when Eden was like nine months old. So (laughs) he's like (laughs) Uncle Sean. (laughs) We lived there for almost a year with him. So we, we had a lot of fun getting to know him and learned a lot from him. And he's just an incredible person. And so we're excited for you to hear a little bit more about his story today. But Jerry's going to kick it off with a little bit of a bio here about Sean to introduce him and his life. So go ahead, babe. Oh, and of course, before that, you know, I have to add in that I want you guys to be subscribing and following to the podcast. <laughs> That's right. I'm talking to you, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> we need more people to to make sure they subscribe and follow so they're not missing out on any of the content that's being released and that we can help the podcast family grow. So be sure to do that. So Sean has made his career as a Broadway performer. He also is the president and founder of a nonprofit organization called Promethean Spark International that teaches essential life skills to impoverished youth all over the world. He's also the artistic director for the World Parliament on Spirituality. Now, that one sounds pretty cool. What is that, Sean? <laughs> yeah, World Parliament on Spirituality. Most people have heard of the World Parliament on Religion, and uh, and that's been going for about over 100 years. but. Um, 2012, we inaugurated uh, a new concept that is the World Parliament on Spirituality. So it kind of transcends this idea of my religion's better than yours, my doctrine's better than yours, my God's better than yours. It's like, no, don't we all want the same thing? We're, we all want peace and love and harmony and higher consciousness. And so, so we've created the World Parliament on Spirituality, and uh, it's every four years and since 2012 and it's been absolutely phenomenal to see it expand it's like a tidal wave of uh, amazing of higher consciousness across the earth and so yeah i can tell you tell you more about that later but it's, it's been a beautiful experience to be a part of that and tell us about your your nonprofit. like what what brought you to that ha huh. <laughs> we could take the whole, take the whole hour talking about that one. Um, yeah, the Promethean Spark International. Uh, in in 2005, I went to um, Peru teaching professional master classes to the National Ballet Company of Peru. And while I was there, I met a bunch of uh, these guys from the slums. And it's I mean, lots of details. But long story short, I ended up staying there. And working with them and literally, I mean, I was ready to give up and walk away because they didn't, I couldn't work with them. I couldn't do anything with them. 
And I literally received revelation that the things I was there to teach them had nothing to do with dance. It was basic life skills. It was the things they needed to succeed in life, discipline, focus, goal setting, perseverance, you know, time management. I mean, just all these basics. And, uh, and so, so here we are like 15, 16 years later, and we have this nonprofit organization with a full-fledged methodology of experiential teaching where we use music and dance and fitness to teach essential life skills. And we've run programs in leprosy colonies in India and prisons and slums in Africa and uh, sex trafficking shelters in Mexico and Nepal. And, and they're all long-term programs. We don't ever do like this weekend workshop because you can't learn life skills in a weekend. It, it takes time to figure it out and to implement it into your life. So, so that's what it's based in. And it's, it's, been, a, it's been really amazing. Uh, thousands of youth across the world. Uh, and a lot of them, you know, we've been going like, a, like you say, for what, 15 years. And uh, some of the kids I started out with are married and have children, and have jobs and have university education straight out of the leprosy colonies now. It's, uh, it's really exciting to see the tra transformation in their lives. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that, Sean. And I just want to give a little bit more of an introduction to Sean here. He's he's not just a president and founder of um, a nonprofit or, you know, the the director in the parliament on spirituality, but he's also an author, an actor, a composer, a life coach, photographer, entrepreneur, model, <laughs> all of those things describe Sean. Like he is so multifaceted, like he can do so many things and he's excellent at like all of them. So I just want to brag a little bit about him. He's got his hands in so many different things and really just living with him was so cool because he can he can pretty much do everything and do it well. So he's a really cool person to know and to learn from because yeah, he just has the coolest stories too. So it's it's oh, awesome. Stop to it. Him. I'm blushing. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we had some fun opportunities to help Sean uh, practice for his auditions and sit in his living room and and uh, play the part in Aladdin and <laughs> and some of the <laughs> some of his own things that he was working on. It was just so fun. And Sean was even there for the first time that our our kid was walking. Yeah. And you know, mm. it was just Sean. Sean has a has a important place in our heart, and we just are so happy to have him on the podcast today. Oh, me too. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for being on. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add that you'd like our listeners to know about you before we jump into today's topic? Um, well, one of the things that's going to be crucial to to recognize is that um, that I am a church, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I have been uh, since I was baptized at eight years old. Um, that, that's uh, an important element of my life, and uh, that'll be part, part of what we'll uh, we'll talk about today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and transition into our topic. As you see from the title, that the title today is Auditioning for Life, which is actually the title of Sean's book that was just released. So we're super excited to hear a little bit more about that. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about, about that. It's uh my first book, my first publication, my baby. So awesome. <laughs> and how long have you been working on this book? I was a couple of years, actually. I, I, I've 
I'm working on a couple of novels and a screenplay and a musical and, you know, some big things that take 10 years to create. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going to take these, uh, these, my writing, uh, mentors advice and I'm going to write something that, that, that I can do, do a little easier, quicker, something that I know well and just, and just get my feet wet, just dive in the pool. And, um, it was about auditioning. And, uh, so, so I just started writing, you know, these, ideas about how to be a better auditioner because I had mentored so many young uh, actors coming into New York and kind of teaching them the ropes. Well, <laughs> I had it all ready to publish in February of 2020. And we all know what happened in March of 2020, that all the auditions ceased. <laughs> so, so I put it on the shelf and then, uh, and then, uh, late in 2020, I started, uh, pulled it out, started working on it again. And at the behest of my, my editors, uh, have revised it to, to actually teach how we all audition. It's not just for actors or dancers or singers. We're all auditioning all the time because when they read it, they were like, we got so much out of this. Or they said, you know, I got so much out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was totally inspired by reading this be- and I'm never going to audition. So y- you need to kind of open up the audience because we all need this advice, all this stuff that you're telling these actors to do. We, it's stuff we all need. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm doing, I was able to dive in and, and actually make, uh, that transition, do a couple more edits of the book to open up the audience so that uh, you get a peek behind the curtain of Broadway auditions. But it's these important life lessons that I, that I learned to master uh, in, in the process of auditioning. And that if you want to succeed at auditioning in your life, whether it's an interview or a date or a sit down chat with your kid, uh, you know, in parenting. Uh, I mean, we, we audition all the time. If you're a teacher, if you're a student, like every time you're in front of someone uh, com- communicating, presenting, and it will change the outcome of your relationship, that's an audition. And so, so I'm so excited because uh, those who have read it, like my, my beta readers, they they just loved it. They ate it up. They were taking notes. They were writing in the margins, and uh, and they've loved it. So I'm so I'm excited to share it with with a lot more people, and hopefully it will help a lot of people out there who uh, are trying to figure out how to better manage their lives and and be more uh, more productive, more efficient, and and have better relationships. That's so great. Thanks, Sean. I I know I'm always looking myself for how I can improve the quality of my life and, and, and life skills and management. So there's, there's so much we can learn and everybody knows that we never stop learning. So there's always new things we can learn. So we're excited for you to be able to release this book. And of course, we're going to have the link for this book and how you can get a copy in the show notes. So if you guys want to learn some more life skills through our good friend, Sean, make sure you check that out and get your copy today. All right, Sean. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what brings you on our podcast today? 
Well, I think it's going to be an interesting one, uh, interesting because it's different. I think there's a little bit of novelty factor in this one because I am a middle-aged single man uh, doing, an, uh, doing a podcast called Single to Sealed. And it, that, that actually was a discussion <laughs> that, uh, that Brianna and Jerry and I had beforehand. It was like, are, are you sure you want me on this? <laughs> you, I'm, uh, I, I'm not perfect, a perfect representative of what you're talking about on here. Are you sure? And uh, they, they were absolutely sure. They were like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you need to be on here. People need to hear this message. And so I, I feel honored and privileged to be here to share a message of hope. My heart is uh, filling up even as I say that, those words. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to dive into to this first little idea here that uh, has been on my mind. In our society, we've been conditioned to, there, there's this happily ever after idea that's out there. And if you dive in and research it, it, happened, it was created about 400 years ago in Italy, where it was dire circumstances and people rarely lived past 40 years old. And they would get married early and, and actually most children didn't learn, live, like half of the children died before they were 12 years old. And it was just intense, dire circumstances. And that's where this concept was born of pure bliss, happily ever after, nothing ever goes wrong. And that's the way a relationship should be. So that was the dream that they were trying to figure, you know, say, ah, there's, there is this amazing nirvana, so to speak, out there that we can achieve if we just do things right, where nothing goes wrong and it's all bliss. And even in our modern day society, we've got uh, even the songs from, from way back, right? I mean, we've got uh, <clears throat> one of the songs that I've actually sung in, uh, in auditions just immediately came to mind. And uh, you'll all recognize this. Is it somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, birds they fly over that rainbow? Then why, why, oh, why can't I? Right. So you got your somewhere. This beautiful sentiment over oh, the rainbow, it's way out there, somewhere out there. And as beautiful as that is, it's a victim mentality. It's a scarcity mentality. It's out there somewhere, but it's not here. It's not with me. It's not, it's somewhere out there. And I mean, actually, <laughs> another song that immediately came to mind um, was the, uh, um, there's a place for us, somewhere a place for us, peace and quiet and open air, wait for us somewhere, right? And it goes on to say, hold my hand and I'll take you there somehow, someday, somewhere, not here, not now, but out there somewhere. And so this idea is like, 
we've been trained and conditioned to believe that that happiness and that peace and that joy is not in the present. It's out there somewhere. And, uh, and, and actually, the phrase, <laughs> Brianna actually said it as we were talking right before this. She mentioned this phrase, and I was like, as I was kind of describing what I was going to talk about, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You, you read my mind because Stephen Flaherty in, in Once on This Island, as some of you may know that uh, musical, um, Stephen Flaherty wrote a song and it talks about the birds and the fish are so free. What about me? And he says, you know, God, are you there? What can I do to get you to look down and give in? Hear my prayer. And then she says, this is a young woman, she says, I'm here in the field with my feet on the ground and my feet in the air waiting for life to begin mm -hmm. and then she goes on and says a whole bunch of other stuff and then the final phrase you know waiting for life to begin and i feel like that's what we're doing a lot of us we're waiting saying i'll i'll really live life when and in uh, in a lot of the christian faith and uh, and the, the the lds community oftentimes that's when i'm married when I'm sealed, when I'm with that significant other, then things will really kick in and then I'll really be able to live life. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really tough place to live, uh, for even for a short time, but especially for decades. And just keep hoping and keep praying and keep living in that space of, I don't have, but maybe someday. And so I, I just, I just have to tell you, it was interesting um, as a single. So I've been uh, active in, in the church my whole life. And obviously being in the arts, I've had plenty of opportunities to step away. And, you know, I mean, I'll get a gig on a cruise ship. And whoo, talk about temptations. Talk about nobody knows I'm out here. Nobody knows that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They don't even they don't even know I'm Christian. They just know I'm this singer, dancer, actor that takes his shirt off on stage and is out doing, you know, mingling with the crowds. And of course. Everything's at my fingertips. I can have drugs. I can have sex. I can have whatever, you know, alcohol, and nobody knows. Nobody knows the difference. And I finish my contract and I go back to normal life. I, easily. And so I, I had to go to a different place of it's not about what people know. It's not about what other people think. It's not about, it's between me and God. I get to take this step into transcendence of the maya and so the maya is in in hindu philosophy is the uh, the illusion of reality of this physical realm right and really go to the place where i am a spiritual being i am a being of light i am a divine being and i can transcend this physical realm i don't have to live rooted in the desires and the attachments of the physical realm. And it's been a fascinating journey to, to process all of that. I mean, 
I have to tell you, I, <laughs> I'm old enough to uh, have been, been there when they were talking about if men get past uh, 27 years old and they're not married, they're a menace to society. <laughs> so I don't know if any of you have heard that phrase. Some of you might not uh, be old enough, but that was what was taught in the church back in the day. And so I was pegged, a menace to society. Um, not that people would call me that by name. You know, he'd say, hey, oh, he's a menace. Oh, you're, and they'd say that to my face. But according to the, the apostles and, and the prophet, actually, that was, those were the words. And I got, to, I got to deal with that. I get to process that and say, really? Is that who I am? Is that what I am? And it was, it was a struggle for sure. Um, and, but those words didn't define me, and it was between me and God. And I mean, I, I actually wasn't wasn't going to share this, but it's it's perfectly. <laughs> so I um, went through the CES program right after I attended BYU, and was ready to become a pro, a, a what professional. Uh, seminary teacher, and I I was so excited about that. Uh, it was a big sacrifice because it wasn't the plan I had for myself. But God put me on that path and said, "You need to do this." You, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna take these classes." And then they assigned me down in uh, St. George, and it was at Pineview High School, and. I went and did my full-time teaching down there. Loved it. Loved the kids. Did it. I did a great job. I loved it. I had a great time, and I, I was. It was entertaining, but it was spiritual. And the, the reason I can say I did a great job is because they told me that. They came in and did their reports, and they would come up after the classes and say, "You're doing a great job. We really don't have anything to to tell you to fix. Just keep getting deeper and keep digging in and." And doing what you're doing, great job! And uh, it was it was wonderful. I was like, okay, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm meant to be. And at the end of the year, I got notice. You're not going to be going on. You need to move on and do something else with your life. But God had sent me in that direction. What What do you mean? No, I, I, I'm supposed to do this. This is where you sent me. And, and it was a powerful learning experience for me because then I did. I went on and ended up going into the arts, performing, moving to New York City. And as you heard in the introduction, doing, being something that I never thought I would ever be as a, a Broadway performer. And then being guided to start this nonprofit organization. God knew what he was doing. He was guiding me all along. And I didn't know that. I didn't have the perspective. So I was frustrated. I was upset. I was hurt. But it was the right thing. So I needed to trust. And I wouldn't have suffered if I could have detached myself from that ego and said, okay. Here's the path. Here we go. Thank you, God, for the direction. I, and I, it's different than what I expected, but okay. 
you know, and I've, I've learned that that's, it's human nature. It's, we all go through it. And if we can detach ourselves from our egos and from that, that attachment to our, that end desire, that result, that top of the mountain, then, oh, oh, oh my gosh, life is awesome. It's so much easier. The stress goes away. And oh, all of a sudden it's like, wow, I have so much more bandwidth to do, to be productive, to be fulfilled. It's, it's so exciting. And so, as I mentioned, I say, so think about that top of the mountain, right? It's like, do we climb a mountain only for that moment at the top? Is that the reason, the whole reason? And we're not happy until we get to the top. Once we get to the top, I'll be happy because then I'll see that view and it'll be amazing. But I'm going to suffer every step of the way till I get there. And because complain, this. right? <laughs> then complain and cry and commiserate and, oh, isn't this awful? And, oh, wow, that was hard. And, and oh, 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 I pulled my leg and I, and I scratched myself. And, oh, and, and all in the, in the midst of all that, that whole path going up, we're missing the beautiful breeze. And, that, oh, that butterfly that just flew by. And, and ooh, ooh, this part's challenging. Okay, let me see if I can hop from this one to that one and jump over this little ravine. And, oh, ooh, that was interesting. And that was hard. And, oh, my gosh, what, what joy, what fulfillment, what, how much growth are we missing by only being willing to be happy at the top, at and the peak many, of the mountain? little glimpses of the view are we missing on our way up that we don't notice in between the trees, right? Where you can see oh, yeah. a little bit of what's, what you're going to see at the top. That beautiful view is, is always there and it's, it's hidden at, at times, but it's there. And then, and you know what? I have been on so many hikes. I, I love hiking. And I was a Boy Scout. I was an Eagle Scout. And we went on a 57 miler in Yosemite. And that was amazing adventure. So exciting. And it was so fascinating that you think it's going to be so amazing at the top. And sometimes it is, but sometimes you get to the top and it's foggy and it's rainy and it's <laughs> yucky and you can't see a thing. So what was the journey about anyway? Was it all for naught? Hmm. Or did you learn? Did you grow? Did you enjoy the journey? So there was um, a poster. So I, <laughs> I was privileged to to be nominated and and receive the um, let's see what is it called the alumni achievement award at BYU. Um, and that was 20 years after I graduated. It was uh, pretty exciting, and I came back and was able to give some some speeches. And they had this big poster, and they'd asked me for a couple of quotes. Uh, and one of them that I sent to them just resonates so deeply with me and it's, and it's exactly what we're talking about here is that uh, mastery is not a destination mastery true mastery is learning to love the path and those who are true masters they keep traveling the path because they love it they don't get to a destination and then stop or stop because they haven't reached a certain destination in the case of waiting for life to begin. So it, all along the way, I have this mentality, not all along the way, 
a good portion of it, I was thinking, I'm going to get married and then I'm going to have a family. I originally was uh, a pre-med zoology major. Since I was a little kid, I was planning on becoming a doctor. And that was so set. And I was, I loved physics. I loved chemistry. I loved math. I was like, yeah, I can't wait to go to med school. And I was, I, and I was all set. I was going to med school. I had already picked the med school I was going to go to. And, uh, and then my zoology 339 professor said, you know, Sean, Sean Perry, are you here? And I came up and he, he pulls me to the side and he says, um, I, I see your personality in class and, the, and I think that, that you want to work with people, right? You're a people person. I'm like, yeah, that's why I want to be a doctor. He says, well, if you stay zoology three, uh, if you stay, stay in the zoology major and do the pre-med, they'll assume you want to research the rest of your life. And I was like, oh, what, really? He says, yeah, you, you need to change your major to something that's more connected, more humanitarian, more, and, and still do the pre-med and go, but you'll be more well-rounded. It's like, ooh, that's great advice. So I looked and looked and looked. I couldn't find anything that resonated with my soul. And you know, I was like, yeah, oh, this is it. This is what I want to do. And I kept being, being pulled back to this, uh, there was a new major that was being put up in uh, at BYU. And it was called the Music Dance Theater Major. It was a triple major. Literally, you're on track with the music majors, the dance majors, and the, um, the acting majors. So it was intensely difficult. And basically a triple major. And it's a... Again, it's a longer story. I won't go through the whole story of, of auditioning, getting turned down, uh, taking a few of the classes, and then being offered, said, if you want to audition again, uh, we, would, we would accept you because I had grown so much in that one semester. They were like, yeah, come on. And so, so I went ahead and went and auditioned and got into the major. So I was a, I was a quadruple major. I was music, dance, theater, and pre-med. That's insane. You're right. That, those, that word is, <laughs> is a, a perfect fit. That's a perfect <laughs> fit. I was taking 20 plus credits per semester. Oh my goodness. And getting good grades and getting four hours of sleep a night. And it was, a, it was an intense year, year and a half before it hit me. You can't do this anymore. It's going to kill you. And you've got to make a choice. So is it the pre-med and that, or is it the arts? Which one are you going to do? And I struggled with that. And I went and, and I fasted and prayed. And I was like, okay, of course, I'm going to be a doctor. That's what I'm supposed to do with my life. So I, so that's what I locked into, fasted and prayed about it. And we all know in Doctrine and Covenants, uh, chapter, chapter and section nine, uh, verses seven through nine, right? Oliver Cowdery receives that instruction. He says, uh, pray about it in your heart and you'll feel it in your bosom. And so I prayed and, and I had, I'd experienced that before. So I knew what I was waiting for, wanting, and it didn't come. Like, okay, well, maybe I need to actually take faith steps forward into the darkness. Show God that I'm really serious about this. 
So I went and dropped all of my arts classes, my music, my dance, my theater classes, and and then and, and switched it over to sign up for more uh, the pre-med. And as I was walking across campus, I still remember it long time ago, but it is powerful. I, I kept thinking about what I should do and is this right? And I, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Okay, this is right. I know it. And like, oh, maybe not. And, oh. I, and it just got more and more kind of dark and, and oppressive. And I stopped in my tracks. I looked up <laughs> into the cloudy sky. There's some fluffy clouds up there. And I looked up and was like, what? Is this a stupor of thought? No. This is. Okay, whoa. This is the stupor of thought. This is. Oh, wow. Okay, so that means I need to go the other way? What? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So it took me a couple of weeks to switch my mind and switch my heart around and say, okay, God, if you want me to do this, I'll do it. And I'll give 100%, but I need a real answer, not just some, you know, a little bit of peace. I, I like, <laughs> this is a big deal. This is everything. Yeah. And you know, right? Right? You know me. And I'm a 110% kind of guy. And if I do it, I'll do it. So I need a real answer. And so, so I fasted and I prayed and I got on my knees. I said, okay, you know me. And I, I honestly, <laughs> in my head, right, I'm saying, if you, I think this is like, would be really stupid to go into the arts. What kind of dingbat goes from audition to audition with no job security and doesn't know if he'll have, be able to pay rent or pay a mortgage the next month because he doesn't get a gig? Okay. I, I don't I don't know why, but if this is right, let me know and I will do it. From head to toe, it was just, I was just burning like I was going to just fill the room full of fire and I, I could hardly breathe and I, tears started flowing. And it wasn't it wasn't me. It wasn't emotional. It wasn't me directing that. It was definitely an answer. As strong an answer as I had gotten about is the Book of Mormon true, and I was like, I'm not proud of this response, but this is what I said. I looked up and I said, "Oh crap, are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh, and the answer came stronger. He said, "I'm serious." Yes, and I said, "Okay, I promised." And I will move forward with integrity. And I didn't look back. I dropped all of the science classes, all the math classes, and I went full-fledged into the arts. And it was the right thing to do. But I didn't know it at the time. God had my back. And for me to preempt that and say, yeah, but I want a family. And I want... To, I want to get married and be able to support a wife and have children and a picket fence and, and insurance. And I want to be able to do all of that. It's, and I can't do that if I go into the arts. 
So, no. Mm, no. God knew better. God had a plan. And I still have hope. I still think that that might, but, but you know what? If I don't get married, God's got my back. If I do, hallelujah, that's going to be a beautiful and wonderful thing. But I have chosen, I mean, the same thing happened when I went to, when the opportunity came for me to buy a home. And I had always said, I'm not going to buy a house, but I have to do that with my wife. My wife is the one who has to help me decide where we'll raise the kids and what house to buy and if, if it's a good layout and how she wants to decorate it. And that's, that's a lot of it, that's her. Well, here I was, you know, in my, what was it, mid, late 30s? This is mid 30s. And I was like, okay. I can buy this house. I toured and saved a bunch of money from this tour and I have enough to put down on the down payment. And I was so close to not doing that because I was going to wait for life to begin. And I had to have a, a comeuppance with myself. Say, what are you doing? Why would you wait? What, what is that? And I and then I had to say, okay, yeah, move forward, step into that expansion of who you are. That was the most powerful and beautiful. That, that was financially, uh, psychologically, emotionally, to have a home base that I called my own, and I could rent out the second room and meet Brianna and Jerry. And if I hadn't have bought that place, so many blessings wouldn't have come into my life. And I wouldn't have been able to run Promethean Spark International like I did because I had a home base and I was renting out one of the rooms that helped pay for the mortgage. And I was able to travel and do this volunteer work around the world. And then I was able to come back and get a gig and, and then jump in and save money to be able to pay my bills and work out of my savings while I ran this organization on the side and it kept expanding. Like, because I bought that place and because I didn't wait for life to begin, ooh, so just this flood, continuous flood, not a flash flood, but a continuous outpouring, this waterfall of blessings just kept flowing. So as I move forward through all of these decisions and trying to seek spiritual guidance along the way, it so many beautiful things have opened up to me and I've been able to spend time creating, being a creator in my own right. Uh, as, as Brianna mentioned, I, I've written a, a lot of songs. I've uh, been able to, I, I'm in the midst of writing a, a few books, which the one, hopefully you'll all get to uh, get to read this first one. Uh, auditioning for life and there will be more coming out in the coming years uh, that are wait, waiting on the shelves that I've basically half finished and keep working on them and been able to to launch uh, Meditation of Christ photographic art series with Lois Colton which has been an amazing thing I started a, a clothing company Perry Apparel just just been able to expand in so many ways that I never could have dreamed of. And it's because of that 
mindset of what, what else? What could there be? And opening it up to inspiration and saying, okay, God, what, what should I do now? Where should I go? How can I? And there are so many beautiful things. And I, I just have to give a plug for, for studying the scriptures are the foundation that I work from, but I have loved studying the Bhagavad Gita, the Tao Te Ching, the various uh, Buddhist texts, sattvas, and the amazing uh, concepts in Qigong, and just all of these beautiful, I mean, comedic works in, in ancient Egypt, just so much out there in this beautiful ancient knowledge that's now connecting to the scientific knowledge because we are so stressed. We are, we, we conditioned ourselves in such a way that we are living frenetic lives and causing so much dis-ease and disrepair in our bodies and our minds and our souls that now we have to turn back to the ancients and find what works. I have a, a meditation practice that has saved me. Breath work has changed my life. I breathe different because I, I have a breath work practice and I teach it. It's so powerful and just these beautiful things. And, uh, and some of the, <laughs> some of the movies are, are extremely, uh, prophetic. They're powerful. And, I, my family laughs at me because I see gospel in every single movie, especially some of them like, oh my gosh, that's the whole plan of salvation. I came home from my mission and <laughs> looked, watched the animated version of Cinderella with my, uh, my, my sister, my littlest sister, who was like three years old at the time. And I just sobbed through it because I was like, that is the whole plan of salvation. They just presented the whole thing right there. And, and I sat down and wrote a whole page of cross-references to scriptures straight out of <laughs> the animated Cinderella. Um, but th just on that note, the zombie apocalypse, I don't like zombie movies, but ob obviously there's a ton of them. But the zombie apocalypse isn't what they're showing in the movies. It's upon us. We are the zombies. We are living in a life that is determined by other people. Think about how many hours a day we listen to music and let that decide what we think. So we don't think creatively. We don't manage our own thoughts and direct our own thoughts. We let the lyrics and the music, and there, there's nothing wrong with that sometimes. But the amount of time we're allowing someone else to run our brains, to be in the driver's seat, watching, binging, watching TV for how many hours? And then, you, and then you go to work and you have to do your boom, boom, boom. You're doing your work, 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 come home, turn on the TV and let somebody, and then just zone out. I don't want to have to think for myself. I'm going to let someone else do that and guide what my mind is thinking. Wow. That's the zombie apocalypse. And we get to fight it. So we're, we're conditioned to let others control our thoughts with the music, the TVs, the social media, 
YouTube, TikTok, I, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all of how many hours do we spend on those instead of being creators in our own right, filling our lives full of distractions and entertainment rather than being able to consciously create a life that we love and that serves, filling our lives full of service and living for something greater than ourselves. If we do that, we're fulfilled. It's, it's beautiful. And you're, so I talk about the five P's of fulfillment and product, five P's of productivity, but it's for fulfillment. And when I talk about have purpose, have passion, make a plan, progress on that plan, and then persevere. Don't give up. Those are your five P's purpose, passion, plan, progress, and perseverance. If you're progressing, you're going to be fulfilled. Live today. It's, it's now or never. This, this opportunity right now isn't going to come back. And I mean, one of, one of the quotes that I share or one of the things I uh, explain in the Auditioning for Life book is excuses are the most profitless thing to manufacture. We can all make excuses and they don't do us any good. Honesty with ourselves, being completely honest and true, brings us freedom. The truth shall set you free, right? In John chapter 8. And it's full accountability and responsibility, seeing things how they truly are, and then acting from that standpoint. Oh, that brings freedom and confidence and power and, and transition. And, and yes, repentance, because we all need to repent and change if we want to be better. If we want to grow, get closer to God and fulfill our missions and our destinies, fulfill the, the, the purpose for which we were created. So, yeah, that it's, it's now or never. Take it. Run with it. Well, thanks for all those things that you've, that you've shared today. I know that this podcast, for those who are listening, you know, it sounded like a lot, of, a lot of Sean talking and not so much Brianna and Jerry's. This is the Sean, <laughs> the Sean show. But you know what? I think everything that he said was just so good and and so vital for all of us to be able to really understand just how impactful and how uh, he was able to take every step of his life and say, I'm going to continue to move forward despite any trial that's in front of me. And I think this perfectly fits with the concept of of this podcast, especially as it pertains to dating and, and being single you know, he didn't talk a ton about his dating experiences throughout that, but I, I don't think that's really relevant to the situation. I think that all of us undoubtedly are having these innate dating struggles, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. And so this is refreshing for us to be able to really take somebody who has just transcended that that idea and negative feeling around being single and saying, you know what, this isn't negative. Like I'm a powerful person and God has given me this guidance and direction and bless me in every step of the way to go bless thousands of people with my voice and my talents and and just Sean has impacted my life and I hope he's given a chance for you guys to be impacted too. So thanks so much, Sean, for for coming on and, and sharing all those all those stories. It was so nice to learn more about you and and your background and and your motivating force for who you are today. Oh, thank you, Jerry. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't really leave much wiggle room for you guys to jump in and talk. So <laughs> that was, uh, 
just, just kind of plowed through. But uh, thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. And before we close, I just wanted to ask you, Sean. So I know that you know, living in Utah now like you are wasn't part of the grand plan. I'm sure that you <laughs> saw yourself as staying in New York for a lot longer and coronavirus kind of threw off everything and kind of changed up what you saw in the future for yourself. And so th- that being a fresh, big life change that's happened to you and something that you didn't expect, how would you recommend those of our listeners who are struggling maybe right now with their lives not going exactly how they thought they would? Um, what is your advice for them in these in these times for a lot of our listeners? So I think for me anyway, and that's all I can speak for, right, is uh, is how I've been able to, how I've experienced it. Um, you're right. <laughs> I did not expect to be moving out of New York, but when my career was decimated, and I got to live in lockdown for basically a year and try to live off of Zoom instead of auditioning and doing shows and, and such. It, it uh, became, became obvious that I needed a change. I needed to figure things out. And it was a big transition for me to, at first I was just looking for a headquarters for Promethean Spark in Utah because we have a good following here in Utah. And then slowly, God knows us. He knows me. If he said, sell your place in New York and move to Utah, I, would have, I wouldn't have been ready for that because I was so attached to being a New Yorker. And I mean, decades in New York and it's like 25 years. It was, yeah, this is me. This is who I am. And so he opened the doors for me to get headquarters for Promethean Spark in Utah. And then he said, oh, now you need to think about selling this place and moving to that place. And I fought it and I fought it. And the thing that, and here's coming to the answer to the, your question, the thing that finally clicked it for me, I was up all night and just praying and, okay, if I do that, if I do this, I keep both of them and I could rent part of it out and just trying to, and it was just wasn't working. And finally, that word that I used earlier in the podcast, that detachment, I was so attached to an outcome, to an expectation of what I thought my life should be. I was so attached to, I'm a New Yorker, and no, I'm not going to leave New York. I'm not going to sell my place. I'm not, no, I am a Broadway performer, and I, this is what I do. Wait, I am a being of light that is eternal. I am, I'm not even this body. This body's going to go away. I'm not even Sean Perry. That's a name that my parents gave me when I was born that they came up with. I, I am not all of these things. I'm not a New Yorker. I'm not a Broadway performer. I'm, the true me is beyond all of that. And to be able to go to that space of, of releasing from that expectation that's holding me captive. And so interesting, freedom doesn't come from starting new because we all bring with us the baggage that kept us bondage before. Freedom comes from the end of what held us captive. 
and the gospel and the atonement will free us, but we also have been given tools to free ourselves. And that detachment, that freedom to be able to say, I am not those things. What will I become? What is in the future? God, guide me. I'm ready. Let my future life begin. And today isn't only the first day of the rest of your life. It's the last day of your old self. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think that for me, that was just such an important transition of just a mindset that, that was so freeing and, and took me past the suffering into a place of, of peace mm -hmm. and where I could actually feel the joy in the journey instead of struggling through it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I feel like coronavirus has kind of upended a lot of people's lives and, and, and dating. Sometimes you can feel like you're going down this road that's going to take you somewhere and you're committed and then it totally changes. So I think that that's something that we can all strive to, to receive that advice and to live by it and to seek the higher meaning behind things and behind ourselves. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Sean. Just every, every single day that we're out there, we have these new challenges and we just have to live our best self and make sure that we're being motivated to be that best self. That's, that's really important because if we're spending our time being depressed or being anxious, like we kind of talked about, like Sean kind of talked about, a little bit about towards the beginning, then we're missing out on all these bright, happy, shining moments and, and the birds and the butterflies and those looking between the trees to seeing all those happy moments. You're, you're passing them by if, if you're sitting around waiting for this person who is so-called the one to just pop up before your life can begin. And so this episode is also about finding fulfillment, being single and mm. being okay with being single and knowing that God has a plan for you and I know that just like Sean said, like if, if, if that worked out for him where he was still able to find somebody, then that'd be even that'd be even better for him. He'd be ecstatic, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, was, it wasn't his goal to be single his whole life. And it's not <laughs> your goal to be single either. But just because he is doesn't mean his life is over. He's not going to sit in his in his in his mom's basement playing World of Warcraft all day. You know, and so. <laughs> we we need people to to be more like Sean and that's not even that's not even people who are single as everybody everybody needs to be more dynamic and and learn learn these skills of how we can be as positive and and motivating as the message that that he brought today so again thanks so much Sean for coming on to the podcast thanks everybody who are listening to the podcast and if anybody wanted to reach out to you Sean and learn a little bit more about what you do and how they maybe can get involved with your um, nonprofit and and uh, and so forth. How could they reach you? Probably the easiest way is just my website because it has uh, links to all the other things. So seanperry.com. My name is spelled S H A U N P A R R Y, and uh, on there you'll also find the link for uh, for auditioning for life, the book, and it, it'll take. And I think right below will also. Put the link, the Amazon links, to be able to get the Kindle or the the paperback. And uh, if you're interested in that, that would be great. Or yeah, like like you said, if you want to know more about the nonprofit, uh, we have we also have the website of PrometheanSpark.org. So, and I'm on Facebook uh, and Instagram if you want to find me there. 
Once again, thank you so much for being on our podcast with us tonight. We're so grateful to have you on. Thank you to our listeners for listening, and um, we hope you all have a great day. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.